I'm just going to let you all know the odds of Sam House starting are super low. And you can, in fact, bet on them yourself if you want to on Bet Online. Okay. And I guarantee you, if you hit on that, congrats. But I just don't see it happening. But Bet Online will have all that information for you, all the wagering news. If it's not Sam Howe, you could bet on NBA action, March Madness around the corner, all that right at your fingertips. Use the code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get yourself a 50% welcome bonus. And that will at least make your day better if Sam Howe starting will not. So that is all good. Believe <laughs> is your code for Bet Online, where the game starts. A lot has been made about Washington having all these picks within the top 100. Why do you think that is such a big deal that it's the top 100, Trev? Because that's where all the talent is in the draft. I mean, you find your gems later on, but all your natural-born talent, senior bowl highlights, draft analysis before pre-draft, that's where all it is. So it's very important. That's where your day one starters are, your – your day one uh, depth players come into handy if you've got like veteran positions that they're nice depth piece for that. That's where, that's where, you, that's where you, that's where you get your bang for your buck is the is top 100. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be called top 100. Now there are some misses in top 100. Don't get me There's wrong. A lot of misses. There's some, a lot, but it's a lot of projected natural born athletic talent that can come in and fit you and help your program program day one. So that's why it's important. I mean, they're called gems because they weren't expected to be any good if exactly. you're drafted outside of the top 100. So, yeah. yeah, 100 is where the talent usually lies. That's where I, I know I know you did a top 100 sort of um, uh, stat a sheet uh, analysis. But if you compare the top 100 to the rest of the draft, you're going to see a huge oh, yeah. uh, difference in terms of how many make it in the top 100 yeah. and how many yep. don't outside the top 100. So it's just because yeah. that's where all your talent is. And that's where people are putting the most money too. Yeah. You guys aren't entirely wrong. I mean, there it's, I've talked about the draft being a crapshoot and it's a, it's throwing darts at the dartboard type situation. And the closer you are to that first overall pick, the likelihood that you're actually a better player than somebody drafted behind you is is, is greater, typically speaking, right? Like they're they're just right. the way that it goes. The talent is there, uh, but Brian is absolutely also right on this. <laughs> it's the top 100 because it's just a nice round number, and it encompasses yeah. both your first your first round, your second, and your third round. That's real. That's really the reason I want to tell you that because something I I found through this research and you're going to see it here in, in just a moment is that this is like you can see there's a significant drop off. Like as I was going through the data, once I got to a certain point, I was just like, okay, we're at that point of the draft where the talent drop off was significant, and also the numbers got worse and worse and worse, and then maybe there was a gym. And and things got a little bit better, but that's just typically speaking, it's the top 100 because of that reason there. So uh, I actually sent uh, this message to Stoner as I was going through the data today, and there's nothing more about it being a uh, crapshoot, the draft being a crapshoot, than picks 93 and 94 in the 2001 draft. That was Spencer Brown and Ben Cleveland. 
These are both offensive linemen. Okay, taking just one pick apart here. One is a solid starter for the Buffalo Bills. The other one barely sees the field. Uh, and that's been Cleveland. And so it's just interesting because it's just like, you don't know, you're taking a chance on a guy being an NFL starter for you. And Stoner's talked about how a second and third round pick should be impact players, right? Well, first round picks, of course, like that should be a day one starter. But Washington has not been very good as locked on law here is talking about blue chips. All top 100 explains why we have none. And you're right, the draft, and we're about, I'm just going to go ahead and share the data here. We'll remove the uh, branding for a little bit and uh, and pop this up here. This is the spreadsheet, and I failed to make it public before, so I apologize for those who might not be able to easily see this. I will make it public afterwards because it does take me a little bit uh, of doing here. Plus, there's more I want to do. There's just so much data here. This is every pick in the top 100 from 2020 to 2023. So four years worth of drafting and all of the data. Not only that, but it is also the amount of snaps that they did compared to their team. So the numbers you're seeing there that are codified and colored are the greens are the ones who played close to 100% of the primary snaps is what I have called them versus the the uh, zero is they played none, which there was a couple of those who did not play a single snap. For whatever reason, they didn't play a single snap uh, of primary snaps. And when I say primary snaps, what I'm talking about here is these are, for the most part, thanks San Francisco with Moody, offensive offensive people or defensive people. I did not count their special team snaps. You're not drafting somebody in the top 100 to be your special teams guy. You're just not, unless you're San Francisco with Jake Moody, you're just not doing that, right? You're, You're doing it because these guys are supposed to be some starters for what you got. And... And so this is all of them currently uh, sorted as the pick. Let me just bring up just Washington's real quick to uh, uh, make a point here. Let's see if I can clear this. There we go. Here's Washington's within the top 100. I did that wrong. So let me clear. Let me pick Washington and hit OK this time. All right. Not very good, folks. Not very oh good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not, and the question I asked Nathan when when he said he was finished with this, uh, and I was, well, uh, there's a couple of them, but one of them is, um, or or Nathan told me he said, it's a little bit, it's not a cut and dry sort of deal to where a guy, offensive linemen play more snaps than, mm-hmm. uh, for example, defensive tackles. So you can't just say, well, this guy didn't play as many snaps. Well, he's a defensive tackle, so he doesn't play that many snaps as an offensive lineman would. And But my question, Trev, that I wanted to ask you from the very beginning on this is it still bothers me to this day, and I don't understand it. Why is it considered normal, if you will? Why is it that an offensive lineman plays 100% of the snaps and a defensive mm-hmm. lineman does not? I don't understand it. Why does a cornerback play 100% of the 
of the defensive snaps, assuming there's you know no injury or whatever. And why does a wide receiver not play 100% of the snaps? Unless there's like small like defense or offensive packages, maybe it's a uh you know a fourth and inches and they don't need yeah. the wide because they got extra linemen. That's different. Right. But like Terry McLaurin will play 75% of the snaps. And but a corner will play 100% of the snaps. I don't understand it. Because that corner is out there on every play that Terry McLaurin is in there and he's also out in there when Terry McLaurin's replacements in there. Yeah. So and then it can't be an offensive defensive thing because like I said an offensive lineman plays 100% of the snaps. Why can't a defensive lineman play 100% of the snaps? I don't understand it. Is it is it a, well, that's the way it's always been, so that's the way we're going to do it? Or we got to have fresh guys in there? Well, why doesn't the offensive line have fresh guys in there? You know, I think, like you said, I guess it has to do with schemes and packages. Like some but it's, players but that's are always it's not. It's not a sort of a package thing. Because the packages kind of only account for a very small amount of plays that say for um, offensively, how many yeah. packages don't include Terry McLaurin? Right. You know, one, a fourth and inches, yeah. maybe, or maybe, you know, that's something obvious run. Obvious like runs. But that's a very yeah, I don't know. small number. But because defense, I think it's I think on defense you have more of your down guys like you have your first and second down guy you have your strictly third down guy then you have your fourth down and special teams guys like i think that's more so happens on defense and does offense whereas like you said it could be a power eye formation you know we're running it but there's one wide receiver lined up to the right it's Terry McLaurin. um on first down second down third down or fourth down i, I does that make sense like you might have like Micah Parsons is only they only bring him in on third downs to rush the quarterback, and that's all he plays is third down. But so as okay. opposed to you're right, Nick Trav. Gates is the center and he's playing every snap, but they're not going to bring in Ricky Stromberg to replace him because we're running a pistol formation. You know what I mean? If like you bring in of third down, if for example, let's say the defense has a, let's say they have a uh, a pass rush specialist. Who only comes in on third downs? Why doesn't yeah, the offense what, Ryan Kerrigan have Ryan okay. Kerrigan, for example? Why doesn't yeah. the offense have a pass rushing offensive tackle that comes in on obvious passing downs because they're giving away the right. play? I, I I mean that's a just, good question. Maybe, I don't think I have an answer. <laughs> to me, it just sort of feels like one of those. That's the way it's always been. I mean, we all played football. Right. And and in high school, if you were any good, you played 100 percent regardless of what position that you played, because you were the best. You were the better player or they needed you or the guy behind you was really bad, whatever. But it didn't matter what position you played. You played 100 percent of the plays. If you were a defensive tackle, you played 100 percent of the plays. You didn't come out. I mean, you might come out for one play because uh maybe it's sheer exhaustion but otherwise you played them all and it just i've just never understood it i just never understand and some sometimes you play both sides but i but i get it that there are sometimes there are specialists but why doesn't the offense have a specialist then 
So Brian had one answer to this, that the O-line and DBs are the most chemistry-dependent units. They work together a lot more than other positions. So that's one of the reasons why you would see those two units be playing the entirety of a game and all of their snaps compared to some of the other positions is because those have chemistry involved. And that's why you have a starting corner on one side and a starting corner on the other. And then your nickel is a guy who can come in and out, right? They're not always there, but that chemistry between those back four are as super important. And I mean, that feels a little excusey. It feels a little, you know, Donor doesn't like that answer. It wasn't the answer he was looking so for. It, so it he's just going to disregard it. Run a 10 excuse second 40. Me? Okay. And move on. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's, it's an okay. It's an okay explanation, but it just kind of feels to me like it's so just sort of explanation. It. It's great. That that's the way that it's always been. And it's, chemistry dependent is it is it really i mean it is to an extent but if it's third and 12 and you know you're gonna pass does the left tackle really need to have good chemistry with the left guard if he knows yeah you want that of course you do but i'm just saying it sounds like an, it just sounds and like for it. that if it's third and 12 defense you're gonna have more dbs than linemen probably if it's third and 12 you know you're passing right because it's that's the way they've always done it no, i think it's a down thing i think there are certain players that have certain roles on downs like they're only a third down second down that's what i think it is for defense right. i don't think it needs to be that way now getting back to the spreadsheet all that just wanted to say I think it should be that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, it's kind of coming back to the spreadsheet, right? And okay. when yeah, you put that back up, numbers, Nathan, that was awful. Yeah, when you look at those numbers right there on the usage percentage, and Nathan basically said that's not it's not really that fair because of those factors, because offensive linemen are expected to have a higher usage percentage than a defensive lineman. I I'm gonna look at that, and if Washington had st- 10 offensive linemen on here, then they're going to have a higher usage percentage and therefore might look a little bit better as to how their draft turned out. Whereas another team has defensive tackles, wide receivers, and positions where people are constantly changing. And so their percentages are going to be lower because they're in those certain uh, positions. I'm going to look at this, and this is good enough for me to look at that and say, okay, how many snap percentage are each team in the last four years? How much are the guys that they drafted? How much are they playing? And and I think it should be fairly cut and dry instead of kind of saying, well, other positions, they play more snaps. Well, they shouldn't be. How's that? They, so, they shouldn't be. So if you want to look at raw numbers, I have that available to you because that's right here. What I what I need to do with this and what I need is still something to develop. And so we're probably going to come back to this one a couple different times. Uh, and once we do, and I have shared it, at least this particular page that I have set up currently because I wanted to talk about it a little bit. And then hopefully it will update when I change things back. But the the content here, right now, yes, shows that Washington is not getting enough out of its top 100 picks. 
that they've made, and they have made, according to this, 12 picks within the top 100 over the last four years. And the highest percentage used we have here is from Jahan Dotson. And the lowest is Ricky Stromberg, an offensive lineman, who did end up getting injured, but also was not expected to be seen that first uh, one. And so what I want to do with this is I do want to sit there and I want to take wide receiver stats and I want to sit there and say, okay, this is what's expected of a wide receiver and then kind of give more information to what is here. But right now, just looking at the numbers, it's very easy to see that Washington's not getting value out of their top 100. And a lot of people, you know, We'll say this, and this is not wrong. Ron Rivera was bad at drafting, right? And yeah. these these picks just are, are not impact players. You can't really look at this roster and say this is where Ron Rivera had great success. Mm-hmm. People talk about San Francisco, San Francisco, and their success in later rounds. What they don't talk about, like Stoner was trying to say, is their beginning picks are bad. They're like really bad. They're top 100 picks here. And you got to remember, they did do the Trey Lance uh, trade. So they only had nine uh, picks within the last four years within the top 100. But they're not really good. Outside of Brandon Ayuk, who is a free agent Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, I think he might have one more year or if he's a free agent. He is a free agent. Wait, wait, wait. I I can't remember. Yeah. So we're not going to get into that debate right now. But outside of Brandon Ayuk, they've not gotten value either Mm -hmm. from their their top 100 picks. And then they waste a pick on a flipping kicker, which I told you ruined my stats because 40%, I I got a deeper dive into there and be like, which actually kicks are special teams because it's not fair. Because not every special team lineup is a special team lineup, right? But well, not a, yeah, not every way. not every special team lineup is a is the kicker. Kicker, yeah, right. So that should Jake Moody should be a hundred percent, right? Of because the kicks, he, yeah, he yeah. didn't this time, yeah, right. He didn't his percentage usage, I think, should be a hundred percent. But you're right. I mean, that's a stunning to look at San Francisco and the success that they've had with young players, like you said, and to look at their top one hundred over the last four years and see Brandon Ayuk is basically the only success is really the only success on there. Even Aaron Banks is only playing 55% of those snaps. And, and that's, that's, that's stunning to me when you look at that. Um, I mean, they, they, they made uh, the bones in the later rounds, but phew, they did. Matter. And they also probably, Went crazy in free agency through those years, too. So they probably... They built a good team in San Francisco like, where these misses didn't hurt them, right? But yeah, it, so exactly. maybe... That's what I'm, yes. This yeah. isn't so much of an indictment on on Adam Peters. And as Locked On Law mentioned, John Lynch probably had a little bit more. Uh, Grimjaw saying yeah. some pe- people were trying to say that it was Adam Peters. Well, maybe this is why Adam Peters brings in a guy from Detroit because when mm. you look at Detroit yeah. and what mm. they've done in the top 100 and they've had 17 picks within the last four drafts in the top yeah. 100 and look at all these hits and uh, yep. you got a you got Aiden Hutchinson you've got Peni Sewell you've got Sam Laporta um, you got Brian Branch jo- uh, Jonah Jackson Kirby Joseph is out mm. there 
um, all well in the green. And you can even maybe argue Jack Campbell was there as well. But, I mean, look how much praise they got for Jameer Gibbs. And the yeah, guy only played 50% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. He's not even out there, but he got they got a lot of praise for that pick after being lambasted for taking him at number 12, but it was the impact. Mm-hmm. And that's something this this doesn't do. There's a correlation between snap counts and play, right? Mm-hmm. Especially over an extended period of time. But this one doesn't take into account the actual play of the person. And maybe again, that's something I can develop and put together for it. But I do think that this is why you bring in the guy from Detroit is how well that they were drafting within there. And I mean, even their misses aren't really that bad. Jamison Williams is still a great wide receiver. His miss is really because he had to miss significant time to, you know, gambling inside buildings and stuff, right? So Hendon Hooker is a QB who is one of the few that zeroed out on this. And they're, he zeroed out because he was injured and drafted this year. And they have Jared Goff. They didn't need a QB. They want to develop him and think that he could develop. And Kirby so, Joseph on that list also is, I believe, who who's the assistant that they brought in from Detroit, the assistant GM? That they brought in our. I can't our remember his name, name, which is why I just kept saying you bring in the guy from Detroit. Right. Thanks for calling me out on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just wondering <laughs> if anybody knew, but Kirby Joseph is a guy that 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 guy, the assistant GM, stood on the table mm-hmm. for and mm-hmm. said, "You absolutely have to draft Kirby Joseph." And look mm-hmm. what look what sort of player he got. And that's at the very, very, very. That's basically. He was a fourth rounder, is that right? Like right at the beginning of the fourth he round. He was a third round. These are all top 100. So these are all within yeah. the top. This is the top three. Third round. Third round is 96. You then you have comp picks. Well, yeah, I guess if you have the comp. So these are only third round. So this is he was at the very end. He was probably very end of the third, probably. Yeah. As a as the 98th pick. But man, that's really impressive to see what Detroit has done. So you take a guy. From Detroit, the assistant GM, who's great at drafting top of the board guys, top 100 guys, and then you take an Adam Peters, who was great at drafting fourth round and back, and you put those two together, and maybe you turn into uh, having quite the draft here in Washington. That's the hopes. That's what we're all uh, kind of counting on here for the next few years. Yeah, that is really the hope here, and this is one of the things that's been shaping up some of my decision making here. And Mm. one of the reasons why I'd started this was the trade back talk. There's a significant number of people, HT being one, trade back. You take a QB project, um, and then you have all these QB coaches like HT's talking about. Uh, And there you go. Is is that that's as simple as that? Get more picks, and you'll be able to, you know, again, throw more darts at this dartboard. And I don't necessarily think you need to with the five in the top 100. I think you just need to hit and and kind of my decision making with this is if you take offensive linemen because people know we need to build up the offensive linemen. Look at the usage percentage again, not necessarily quality, but kind of lends itself mm-hmm. to believe that if you're in that amount of time, you at least have starter quality to you. Okay, mm-hmm. offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. You get to Trevor Lawrence at QB, and then you have Sauce Gardner at corner. Uh, Sertan at corner, Bryce Young was in here as well, but, but you know it goes all the way down to until Morig, who's a safety, 
something other than QB or, I don't know, kind of an all-pro corner that is playing significant snaps here. Mm -hmm. Below that, offensive linemen seem to be kind of great value picks within the top 100 people who are going to start. Mr. Ricky Stromberg. And then that's where I want to see some of this picked for a center. And we need a center. Get a center in the top 100. You get you get the left guard mm-hmm. in the top 100. Maybe, and I think this is coming out here soon, Stoner, correct me if I'm wrong, take a young right tackle from another team. Tomorrow. Uh, like Anwanu. And there you go. You have your offensive line set. You might even be able to find a tackle, but those tend to be higher up those are first rounders that tend to be a little bit more successful and i could actually sort this uh by that so here's all the wide receivers tight ends tackles so i mean look at look at the success rate of tackles here there are 16 tackles in this sorry 17 tackles here and i mean most of these again are taken on top but they have high usage percentage. Now, a lot of them swinged out mm-hmm. to the right, but there are several of these who are left uh, tackles. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. There's misses, right? There's a bunch of these guys who, who are at the bottom here who missed. You know, having your tackle in for 37 percentage or less is not a great thing. Um, but there's, there's more value, I think, than top 100 for the tackle. Can I it's, get you to... Great because- Go ahead. Trey. You could like I'm seeing some of these numbers be- besides these O line like pick 63rd, pick 72, pick like mm. you can get your guy after the first 32 picks. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to sit there and think you can get him with number two pick or or whatever pick. Like tackles are a dime a dozen, in my opinion. Kinda. And it's yeah. Very, I'm kinda. In the top, there's a lot of talented O linemen in the top 100. You, and like, because then if you start picking the wars later rounds, you get your uh, Brian Daniels. I know his defense, but you get them. You get your Chris Paul. You get your ones who have a lot of, you know, heart but not talent. But in the top 100, there's a plethora of O line. They might not be talked about that much in the headlines as like Joe Alt or Evan, like Special Nine or whatever, but they're still very, very good. They're just quiet killers and they pan out. Let me ask you to do a kind of along these same lines that Trevor was just talking about, but let me ask you to do a um, a search or sort uh, filter here and go back to the way you had it to where you had your usage percentage uh, sort by usage percentage. So a hundred percent is on top. Um, and then where, where do you cut off the green? Where was your yeah, green cut off? So the green is an automatic cutoff in this. Oh, okay. So the for- formula is going from it, this one is actually going to be 50 uh, just because we have people who've played 100 snaps and we've had people who've played only they've played 0% snaps. Sure. So 50 is your your kind of zone here where it's white. Oh, I see. So it's a gradual green as well. All right. So go up to about 75% to where 75% is at the bottom. Okay. So right about there. And if you look at these numbers on the left-hand side, it's kind of Trev was talking about. Look at the numbers on the left-hand side when you start at 75% usage and up, and you see a lot of 77, 60, 68, 50, 33, 42, 56, 43. This is their pick. This is when they were taken Mm -hmm. in in the draft. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paulson Adebo, the corner, um, 
it, it for the New Orleans was the 76th pick in his draft. Yeah. And he's playing yeah. almost 80% of the snaps. That's a win. 76th pick. That's mm-hmm. yeah. third to, round, to, early to third kind round. of better hit that home star. Yeah. I think it's better to do it uh, this way where we sort by when they were taken uh, over yeah. here. And so like, you know, getting Zach Wilson, not, not a win because yeah. you can clearly tell from the picks around him, not playing enough. Trey Lance is a good example. Anthony Richardson still too early injury. I didn't mm-hmm. count for injury because those were still snaps that they missed. Sure. Okay. Um, but then as you scroll down, you start to see far less green. And so now as you're kind of getting to this stage, you know, we're still talking, this is a nice good green patch here. That's still within the first round that people outside of Tennessee with Caleb Farley were able to get decent or good, good to expected value out of mm-hmm. that. Um, and then you keep rolling down and these picks get again, worse and worse and worse. And, uh, we're about to get to the range. This is usually the range where I start realizing the 44 pick and on where it starts to become more of a crapshoot, more of something that is, is really difficult to get sure. a guy who's really good. And you will, you'll start to see less quality picks being made here after that. And so when I was looking at it and I was looking at top 100, I was really thinking top 100 guys are impact players, but that's not always the case. In fact, I had started this conversation earlier from Locked on Law. It's not just Washington fans, but he says Washington fans love every prospect because they're always going to save the franchise until they don't. (coughs) Pardon me. I've seen the same narrative for the last 32 years. Every franchise does this. Every, Every franchise has a fan base and a team that believes when they take these guys, when when Indianapolis took Deo, uh, I had to pick the worst name for me to have. Right. Why, why'd you go to the guy below? <laughs> Sky Moore. Easy. Sky Moore. When, when Kansas City took Sky Moore at pick 54, mm-hmm. okay, they didn't expect him to only play 35% of the snaps. They, right? they, thought, they thought he was going to be the next Tyreek Hill. It sure did. The fan base would at least. And, then, and the team thought that this was a guy who was going to be fantastic. Uh, and he plays 35% of the snaps, but just a couple uh, plays up from that, the Chargers got a guy whose name I'm not even going to attempt to uh, say. A little higher. Jalen seven- Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> 73%. Jalen Hurts, Alec Pierce. These are good good ones there. Thanks, Stoner, for saving yeah. me. As I literally, first name that pops out is the worst name to pronounce for me. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, Alec Pierce, these guys were picking 53 and play 74, 78% of the snaps. Yeah. And so it's just like every every fan base thinks when that player is taken, that player is going to be good, especially within the top 100. We do. But as you get lower and lower here, these numbers get abysmal. And you see so few hits. This range here actually from 78 to like 82, no good players, maybe Josh Downs out of Indianapolis. I mean, there's a great one right down there at the bottom of where we can see right now is Deami Brown for Washington. We had huge expectations for Deami Brown <laughs> with the 82nd pick in the third round. We Ooh. were all over that. And he's and been we got Sam Howell. Yeah. He's got his boy throwing to him from college. It's going to be great, great, great. Yeah. Look at Nicobe okay. Dean. That's two years yeah, in Philadelphia now, right? Mm-hmm. How bad. amazing was Nicobe Dean at Georgia? Amazing. And we all and we wanted Stoner, him. not Stoner, but Trev was him. standing up on a table for yeah, this guy. I was yeah. like, yo, go get Nicobe Go Dean get Nicobe Dean. 
plays I think you wanted them less in the first round. Some snaps. I did. I, I wanted them in the first round. I get it. Damon Davis, I think, right? Uh, I mean, I get yeah. it. He was supposed to be you know? quite the player, and the end, he's just not. And it's it's crazy. But then you look at like like I'm saying with offensive linemen right there, number ninety, Dylan Parham. Never heard of him, but he was very very valuable for the Raiders. Picked at you know? ninety Started. and plays ninety ninety six percent of the snaps. And the Raiders did some things. So yeah, it's just when it comes to offensive linemen, I think the first the top one hundred is is golden for that. This is, I think this is good information for us to have because we talk about the top 100 picks and we have number 100, mm. the best, a number one pick or number 100 pick has done the last four years is played 41% of their team snaps. Elijah Molden from Tennessee. Mm. Do and not, do not fall in love with the guy taken at 100. I'm not saying that he's going to be bad. I'm just saying do not do what we always do and think that the guy taken was, oh, he's got great value. That's no. what I told Stoner about Sam Howell. That's great value at the fifth first round pick in the fifth round for a backup quarterback. I was like, this is going to be good. And he could develop into a guy. That was what I had told Stoner when they took Sam mm -hmm. Howell. Do not fall in love with the prospects. Don't necessarily look at this and say, well, that means Washington, you know, should take just offensive line. Or how about the fact that when I looked at um, the edge rushers, uh, DE, we'll do DE and outside linebackers for this, okay? When I looked at these numbers, I was just like, okay, never mind. Don't, don't pick one of these guys. Just sign like two studs. Go get some vets. Yeah, go get some go vets. Get, go get some vets because the well, numbers here are not good, folks. The numbers here are, are telling me, like, if you don't mm -hmm. take one within the first, like, five picks, you might as well just not take one because some of these guys who I love, there's some names in here. Number 32, um, I liked him for Tampa Bay. Tryon Shoyinka, he was good. He's nasty. Yeah. I liked Felix last year. Mm-hmm. I thought Felix was going to be mm -hmm. played 20% of the snaps. Like a lot of people love Nolan Smith. He's yep. played 16% of the snaps, right? Like, Trash. I mean, just some Mafe, 52% of the snaps, a guy who can be a beast, not even just barely playing half the snaps and for that his does, team. And that does sort of play into what we talked about at the very beginning of this, which is edges don't necessarily play every snap. Mm -hmm. They, nope. they take a whole series of downs off we saw that every time that we would watch uh, we were studying chase and montez trying to decide if we wanted to sign these guys long term and we would see uh two hill and james smith williams in there for a significant amount of snaps so it doesn't necessarily i think you're right it doesn't necessarily equal it's not equal right mm -hmm. the number of snaps yeah. to their uh, abilities or their impact on the game but uh, I mean, you can just look at it and you can say, yeah, you're right. You can look at Chase Young, who's at 48% of the snaps, and say, you're right. He didn't live up to what he was supposed to be at that pick because he's only playing half the snaps, whether it's for mm -hmm. injury or just he's not that good or he just, you know, left his motor at home and didn't yeah. bring it to you, the you don't want You don't want your number two overall pick to not play. You want them to play. That's right. Chase, Chase Young didn't. 
Now, you can see here, for those watching the show, you can actually see here over here that I'm trying to start an evaluation on the numbers to get a better idea of are these, and you won't be able to really tell, is this a bust or not a bust, but are these players that Washington, or not just Washington, but the team got value out of? Because maybe you know, the scheme and or average wide receiver number in this case was like, I think it's actually not 65. I have it written down somewhere else. It was like 48% of the snaps. That's how many snaps the average wide receiver would take in the top 100. Mm -hmm. And so like, did your, did this wide receiver have more than that? Then it was a hit. Okay. Did they have less than this? Then it was a miss. And so I'm still computing data and I'm still looking to it. So if this is something that interests sure, you, so. we'll bring it back. If not, it's probably something I'm going to sit and toy with because I do find value to it. So it's just something I wanted to bring here for Ref the District because one of the things I I started on, the reason why I started this project was because of the trade back. Is there value in trading back? I personally don't think when you have the number two overall pick that it is. Mm-hmm. And, and last year, a quarterback. your team is set up for that. Yeah. Like if your team has a defensive side of the ball figured out, you got your weapons on the offensive side, you want to trade back and get a quarterback, you can afford to do that. You do that. But we're not in that position to mortgage our future that we desperately want for one person. You know what? Ba- yeah. Based on the what you just so- showed us with that spreadsheet, I'm not watching day three. I'm not watching. I'm just going to consider all those guys are not going to be impact go. players in my time. I'm not even going to watch. I'm not going to nope. watch uh, Braden. Was it Braden Daniels? Braden Daniels. Yeah. In the fourth I'm not going to watch him. I'm going to, I can't even remember who the, oh, I'm going to watch KJ Henry and Andre Jones Jr. And Chris, I don't care. Those guys are going to be afterthoughts to me. I'm not even going to watch them. Amen. I'm with you. There yeah, you go. Right. I'm going to put my foot oh. down. I, I personally, I keep day three up mm. in the background and it's just like, oh, look, we got a player. Let me look into them because it's, yeah, I would, what I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to sell you not to watch it, but I'm trying to yeah. explain even that second half of day two don't necessarily fall in love with a guy taken there because right. that player historically might not work out. So do the research, look into it. It's not that they won't be a hit because they were, I will say this, they probably not a hit if it's a QB taken after the first, but that's just how the last four years worked out. Just how the, the, the data has shown in the last four years, but I want to try to get more information on this and then we'll actually have, you know, trade down scenarios where is there value there? There's of course like point values assigned to picks. And so we'll have all of that when it comes down to it. We'll have more draft talk coming up. We'll have more combine talk coming up next Wednesday. We also have free agency on the horizon. Next week is the combine. You can sign your own players right now. Tampering, legal tampering starts on March 11th. So we've got all that information coming up for you. We've got more free agent player focuses coming around and another one comes out tomorrow. We hope that you did enjoy this. And we'll try to bring you more great content as it goes along. We are live every Wednesday live at 730 Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner. That's Trev. We are brought to you by Bet Online and Don't Sleep Energy. 
And until next time, I'm getting ready. Getting ready for that. Getting ready for what, Stoner? I'm getting ready for the 40. Be a fan. 40. Ha, ha, ha.